Um, a reading from the Gospel of C.S. Lewis. <laughs> a passage that John and Kayla loved and that Kayla was talking about, um, which is the very end of the very last book of The Last Battle. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion, but the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one, the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. So as Kayla was saying, um, in the course of these many months in the NICU this past winter, uh, they read the boys um, these Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, of course, they weren't sure how much the boys were taking in. Um, but as Kayla said, it was incredibly encouraging and strengthening to them to read these things. Uh, because obviously, uh, death was weighing heavily on their mind every time they would go there. Uh, like this merciless dictator just always tempting them to lose hope, attacking them, mocking them. And so only something with equal weight and imaginative power could um, stave off the despair. And I think this is one of those passages that enabled them to not completely give up. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion but the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. You know, a passage like that um, from this story contains so much power because I think it taps into something uh, deeper and more ancient than um, C.S. Lewis, and he'd be the first to admit that. Uh, namely, that we are only at the very beginning right now of a, of a great story. That all of us here, no matter how long our lives are, no matter how many days we get on earth, are just in the beginning of this story, um, which really, in some ways, uh, first began to happen when Jesus Christ was resurrected. That's what Christians believe. That um, God became a human, and then died and rose from the grave to, to start another story within this story. And this is not a children's tale. Second Peter 1.16, Peter says... We were not talking about cleverly devised myths when we told you about Jesus. No, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And so when he rose from the grave, Jesus showed us that uh, all our adventures in Narnia are just the title page of this amazing, complex novel. And it is a story that began before creation, way before creation began. Listen to what 1 John 1, 1 says. John says, that which was from the beginning, from the beginning, we have looked at with our eyes and our hands have touched. That which was from the beginning, John says, entered into creation and we actually saw it. We saw him. We touched him. 
And that story will not only begin before creation, but will end after this creation, way after this creation. And this is a passage that John and Kayla had read at the graveside service, Revelation 21.4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with humans. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Former things. Sometimes people act like that is the very end of the story, and it is the very end of the Bible. But that's actually right when the story starts getting good, if we're to believe what the Bible says. That that is the time when the old world begins to wrap up and the new world really begins. That's that point when you're reading a book where you you finally uh, begin to be able to go to it and look forward to it and not dread it. And you you can't put it down. That's really when the story begins. And throughout our conversations this winter in various living rooms and waiting rooms and two hospitals and a Starbucks, Kayla and John were fearless as they were just now in naming death, which is not to be taken for granted. A lot of people can't do that. Uh, the word actually had no power over them. Um, to refer to another one of their favorite you know, children's sagas, um, it was not like he who must not be named. It was something that because they could name it, um, they could claim power over it. They could stare it down, because I think because they... No, they really believe, even though Kayla uh, says many times and John that it's very, very hard to believe and that in many, many times they doubted and did, didn't believe and maybe even right now. But still, something enabled them to stare down death and say there is more. Enabled them to have this passage read that uh, this is just an entree uh, into a, a great new adventure. When um, I just graduated from college, my family and I went out west on a tour of the national parks and we went to Carlsbad Caverns. It's a national park in New Mexico and at first when I got there I was a little disappointed. If you know Carlsbad Caverns, it's this little opening in the ground. Um, Not much bigger than the stage right here. So we said, you know, what is the big deal with this thing? How could this be a national park? It was very underwhelming. But then you go down into that first opening and uh, you begin to break into this Um, amazing network of 199 different chambers. Some of them absolutely huge with gigantic stalactites and stalagmites and um, these unimaginable colors of sky blue and neon green. There were lakes with these fascinating creatures in them down there. There was one room called the the stone organ because the whole thing looked like a gigantic organ. And I believe that... um, What we all saw, even John and Kayla, to the extent that they saw Daniel, um, that was just the entrance of uh, this massive soul that um, we will get to begin to explore when we meet him on the other side. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story, says C.S. Lewis. And the great story means that the life of Daniel Shields was not really entirely about Daniel as is true of all of us, that our lives are not really about ourselves. They are about this greater story that we are all in some ways brilliant subplots in the one great story which no one 
on earth has read, which goes on forever and in which every chapter is better than the one before. And the one great story draws together all the stories, all the pain, all the joy, all the complexity, with no single thread left untied. Because the great story, as John and Kayla said, is really about the great storyteller. That the one who wrote the story, we believe, entered into the story. And he entered in to rescue the world from death, from destruction, from despair, from hopelessness, by himself being destroyed in despair, in hopelessness, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So we believe that Daniel is not um, frozen in this kind of frightening state of eternity. I often have had nightmares about eternity like you're frozen in amber, this kind of fixed, static thing that never changes. That's not what we believe, and this passage has helped me to realize that, that, that Daniel right now is getting to know the storyteller, just beginning to get to know him, and that the plot is moving on, and Daniel's ahead of us. Maybe he's in chapter 2 somewhere right now. I don't really know how that works, how he could be in chapter 2, and we're still on the cover page, but I do know that, as Lewis says, every chapter is better than the one before. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we trust you.